Hello, this is Ravi Chandra with the Pacific Heart Podcast, a special edition for the Center for Asian American Media and CAMFest 2019, coming up May 9th through 19th of this year. I'm a psychiatrist in San Francisco and the author of Face Buddha, Transcendence in the Age of Social Networks, and a blogger for Psychology Today and the Center for Asian American Media. You can find out more about my writing and events at ravichandramd.com. I'm here today with Sally Wen Mao uh, to discuss her recently released and highly praised uh, second book of poetry, Oculus, which especially drew my attention for Cam because it takes imaginative flight with the persona of groundbreaking Asian American actor Anna Mae Wong and has many riffs on Asian and Asian American film and art throughout. Uh, I think it's really a must read for anyone interested in the perspectives and lives of Asian and Asian American women, uh, or Asian American film and culture more broadly, uh, especially in this time when our identities are burning, as I wrote in a Psychology Today article. Um, Oculus is a bright and guiding flame in that fire. So thank you. Welcome, Sally. And thank you so much for your work and for agreeing to this interview. Uh, and I just have to say, you know, I, I've just been talking with friends all week about your book. And uh, so I really appreciate it. It's really um, kind of uh, lit up the proscenium of Asian American identity, particularly women's identity for me. And uh, it's like a, almost a, a Copernican moment. As we talk, I talk with my uh, a good friend about uh, how therapy is also uh, related to poetry and uh, bringing in associations and connections to broader meaning. So I think you're really lighting up that space uh, in a very unique way for me. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, so first, uh, maybe you could uh, tell me a little bit about your own narrative and identity as an immigrant, as an Asian American woman, and as a poet. Uh, how did you get here? Oh, great. Um, so I was born in uh, Wuhan in China, and uh, my parents immigrated um, to the States when I was uh, five. Actually, my, my dad did when I was four, and then we joined him okay. when I was five. And then I, uh, we spent about four years in Boston, and then we moved uh, to the Bay Area. So we moved to Mountain View, California, um, when I was around nine. So I mostly grew up in the Bay Area. Um, and I grew up really loving writing and um, art in, in general, like visual arts. Um, writing poetry and also fiction um so i kind of just kept pursuing that um throughout high school and then later college and then and then after college i went um i went to my mfa program at cornell and i i wrote my first book of poetry there and after that i I kind of moved around a lot. I, I've been doing a lot of residencies and fellowships um, as, a, as a writer, so uh, that's been going on maybe since 2015. So okay. in, in those years, I, I wrote my second book, mm -hmm. and it, it just came out two months ago. So. Okay, all right, great, great, and, and congratulations again. 
Um, I've been told that there are lit people, there are poetry people, there are visual art people, and there are film people, and have never the worlds will meet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, I think, you know, as someone who kind of dabbles in all of those uh, areas and certainly uh, receives uh, uh, as a consumer all of those uh, different worlds, I appreciated your crossing worlds in Oculus, mm -hmm. um, which is chock full of cultural references. And mm -hmm. I learned and felt so much uh, about the arts uh, through your work. And, about people. And so tell me, how though, how do all those art forms kind of influence you as a person, from Pokemon to Wong Kar Wai? Um, and how do they, how do they uh, kind of relate for you? What do they supply for you? Um, well, I've always consumed a lot of, you know, visual media. I'm sure we all have, um, in one way or another. I, and I, and what you said just now about, um, you know, the film world, the art world, the literature world being kind of their own uh, hermetically sealed uh, spaces I I I feel like that's getting challenged somewhat right um, I mean I just came back from an artist residency where uh, I, I lived with a bunch of other artists in a hotel in, in Shanghai and so I so there were filmmakers, um, there were visual artists, and it was a swatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, and um, and I just, I, I, I feel that different types of arts, oh, feed each other, and um, you know, and I, I was really inspired by just being around other artists and, and seeing and witnessing their kind of artistic process. Um, so, so yes, in Oculus, I, I look at a lot of. Uh, not just um, other types of art, but also pop culture and media and the the, the shows that we kind of consumed as as, as kids and growing up. So, um, so I used the I, I used my influences and and, and, and try to try to mesh them together okay. with poetry. Yeah. And what do you think the me media and the arts uh, have to offer uh, Asian Americans uh, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of identity and uh, in this cultural moment? Um, yeah, so with Asian Americans in particular, I feel like the stereotype is that they, they, they are kind of, you know, um, not very arts-oriented people in general, and I don't think that's true at all, um, just from my experience. Um, and I think just the proliferation of, of Asian Americans across all arts, um, only in the past, I'd say like 10 to 20 years, has really, I think, um, shifted, I guess, that stereotype, or I hope that that is getting shifted. Um, yeah. yeah, with with poetry in particular, I think that um, um, I I've seen such an emergence of younger um, Asian American poets. Yeah, in, in the last ten years, and it's been really exciting to to see the diversity of voices within that very particular um, segment. Of, of the of the poetry world, 
what do you think that's done for you as an artist expressing yourself? And what do you think it, it does to the broader Asian American community to uh, have uh, artists, uh, more artists in our midst, or more visible artists in our midst? I think it, I think it's great because I mean, growing up, I barely had that many. You know, I, I barely had any um, exposure to Asian Americans in, in terms of books, in terms of films, movies, music. You know, if I wanted to, if I wanted to uh, consume work that is made by, you know, Asian or or people who look like me, I had to turn to like you know Asian film, um, or or Asian books in translation, right? So I think there's a big difference between Asian American experience and. Um, and the Asian experience, so so I think that having an ex a more expansive um, group of Asian American artists is going to change how young people grow up. You know, they'll 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 grow up thinking, you know, I can I can also do that, right? Mm -hmm. Where where I don't think that was necessarily obvious when I was growing up, and I grew up in the '90s, so. That's not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so offering more possibilities. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's so true. Um, so uh, turning uh, turning to kind of a writing motive, uh, uh, perhaps synchronistically, uh, when I got your email agreeing for this interview, mm -hmm. uh, I was watching Elizabeth McCracken, the novelist, oh. uh, talk about uh, the revenge motive for artists, uh, for oh. for writers, to like. You know, mm -hmm. kind of say that I uh, see. I I uh, I told you so. Or uh, see, I can do this. Uh, um, I'll show you. Um, and uh, to what extent is Oculus uh, revenge? Uh, wow. What, what are you taking <laughs> aim at? Wow, that's great. Um, <laughs> actually, never thought of it mm -hmm. that way. I never thought of Oculus as revenge. But it's funny that you mentioned revenge because that is also that has also been on my mind. Um, in terms of um, in terms of thinking about justice, right, um, and in terms of thinking about uh, the ways in which uh, a group of people have been oppressed for generations, and and how do we how do we how do we approach justice without kind of veering into vengeance, right? I think that's a question that has. Um, Preoccupied me, um, and and I I actually looked a lot to film when 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 thinking about this question. I, I um, particularly East Asian films that featured East Asian women on some kind of like grand revenge quest. And I've been I, I actually started an essay about it, mm -hmm. but I I haven't really finished it yet because I feel like it's a very complex subject but um, the, the three films I used as um, references in my essay are Lady Vengeance which is the most recent one 2007 um, uh, Chan Park the Korean uh, director and then Lady Snowblood which is the Japanese film about like a woman who 
is out for vengeance. And I think it was the inspiration um, of Quentin Tarantino when he was doing Kill Bill. Mm -hmm. So um, originally that was like the Lady Snowblood was a Japanese woman who was out to you know get revenge. And then and then the last movie that I was looking at was um, Lady Whirlwind, which is a kung fu movie from the seventies, and it, it stars Angela Mao, this um, this like like the female Bruce Lee, <laughs> essentially. And um, and I and I and I was thinking a lot about the the positionality of of eight. East Asian women, in particular, and the relationship with vengeance, and how, and how often they are painted so, you know, in, in this like hyper feminine way, right? So, um, hyper hyper uh, passive and um, and and kind of, you know, just just like 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 the China doll. Um, stereotype, right? Um, and I was uh, and I was looking at this kind of other narrative where it kind of paints this East Asian woman as this, you know, the, this this one note kind of um, I guess dragon lady, right? Yeah, like yeah. you you have um, you're out for vengeance, um, and there's there's no one stopping her. Um, I, and, and I am interested in kind of making that a little bit more complex, right? It's not just she's a dragon lady and you can't understand her impulses or, um, I mean, in Lady Vengeance, for example, you can completely understand why she wants vengeance, you know? Um, so, oh, this is like, I'm rambling now, but... <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. That, uh, so, uh... Yeah, the other thing which you talk about, uh, or which you uh, really delve into in your book, uh, is seeing. So we'll talk mm -hmm. about that uh, a bit. But there are other synchronicities in addition to Elizabeth McCracken. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, had, uh, I actually just did a write-up for the CAMFest this year, which oh, wow. deals with surveillance uh, in oh, the Asian yes. community. Yes. So, so this idea of being watched and being seen mm -hmm. and being perceived is really in the uh, collective zeitgeist. And actually, last summer in the Guggenheim, I actually I wrote a poem as well about oh, wow. uh, seeing and being seen. Uh, oh. So, so yeah. So I think this is all kind of in the collective consciousness. We all kind of have that that thing. How do how are we perceived? Yeah. And how we are perceived actually does have a big impact. Mm -hmm. But also kind of how how do we see ourselves? So I think mm -hmm. your your book kind of addresses all of that. Uh, but maybe you can first uh, tell me how you first conceived of this book and about the title Oculus. Yeah. So. I was writing a lot of poems that had something to do with performance or technology, and I thought that, you know, technology in a lot of ways we use it as a performance, right? Um, social media, um, you know, pictures, uh, photographs, like photography, cameras, um, video cameras, all of these things which now you know, kind of pervade our everyday lives, um, are ways for us to perform, right? To perform an identity and to perform a self. Um, and that tied into like literal performance, right? Like the literal performance of um, actors and actresses. And so, and I had a, I had a poem, um, I had a poem sequence about 
Anna May Wong, the actress, and um, that you just started writing. Yeah. Of, uh, what inspired that first series of poems? Well, well, yeah, I, I, I think I found, um, I found a little, like I, I found a, something about her. I found Anna May Wong at the Museum of the Chinese in America in New York, and. I wanted to know more about her, so I just did a little bit more research, and there's lots of material out there about her life, and I just thought it was just so fascinating because there's literally no other figure that had her particular experience um, um, and her particular positionality as like this big Hollywood actress in in. in in the time of you know the roaring 20s and then the 30s and into the 40s so i think um i was just really inspired by reading her biography and then i i wanted to write persona poems but i didn't know but i didn't necessarily want to just kind of recycle the biographical details that are out there so I decided I wanted to kind of introduce a speculative element and and have her go into the future. Right. Yeah, because because at, at this point we know we all know what has happened in her future and the present that our present, right? So, um, and 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 those questions of of representation still pervade um, our lives right now. So I I just. I thought that, you know, I, I thought that I wanted it to be a series almost as soon as I started writing the first poem. Great. Well, maybe we can just go back a little step in, uh, okay. to a non-poetry audience. What is a persona poem? Oh, great. Yeah. So a persona poem is um, a poem written in the perspective of somebody that you don't know mm -hmm. or... Um, it, it could be a historical figure like Anna Mae Wong. It could be um, it could be an animal. It could be um, like in your first book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it could be any number of people um, that or any number of subjects. And in, in, in a way, though, I think that it's just kind of harnessing what fiction writers have done <laughs> for ever, right? To to take to use the first person, um, and to uh, and and that character being someone that is other uh, that is not, you know, the poet speaker. And how did you go about researching Anna Mae Wong, mm -hmm. and uh, what films did you watch of hers? Um, I watched. Uh, I, I started by watching The Toll of the Sea because that one was so readily available on YouTube. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen others like Shanghai Express. I, I've tried to watch the, all the ones that are available on YouTube, um, like Limehouse Blues. I also saw, there, there's one film I haven't seen that I really want to, it's Daughter of Shanghai. And it's not, I haven't found it online, but it's uh, where she, you know, I don't think she dies in that movie. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I did a, a lot of the research I did was um, was re reading her biographies, but also going to into the archives and looking at 
newspaper clippings at the New York Public Library. Yes, yes, at the at the New York Public Library. So, um, and there's actually a lot of material mm -hmm. out there about her, even if it's I think it's imperfect in some ways. Um, but I I'm still you know I'm, I'm still collecting. <laughs> uh huh. Are there? Uh, well, I imagine there are, but. Were there ethical issues for you in writing from another person's perspective, Anna Mae Wong or the other Asian American women mm -hmm. that you explore? Um, I think there is always kind of a consideration with with that, right? Uh, you always have to consider um, what are what what's your responsibility when you're writing um, a persona poem, mm -hmm. and and for me, um, I went ahead and did it because I as I was researching you know I, I, I saw I, I read a lot of her quotes I read a lot of her you know the things that she wrote herself and I have not I, I cannot only just empathize with it I felt those things before mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I give me an example of something that she wrote that resonated with you I mean just being caught mm -hmm. like you know as a Chinese American being um, being having having this homesickness for a place that you don't know, really, right? Um, um, there there are a lot of things she wrote about, um, very particular to her identity, and I share that identity with her. I I was not born here, but I, but you know, growing up in in America, growing up in California. Um, I can I can I could really understand some of the things that she was struggling with, um, almost on a visceral level. So I I don't believe that I'm exploiting her. I think that's the that's where it gets tricky when you're when you're writing from the perspective of somebody more disadvantaged or marginalized than you. That's what that's when persona can get tricky. Um, but in in my case, you know, I am writing from a perspective that is very, I think, similar to her in many ways. And also, you know, white people have been writing from our perspective without any consideration of ethics for hundreds and hundreds of years. So, Writing you know, our story in yeah, large part. Yeah, exactly. So I, I am going to rewrite it, you know, from my perspective because my perspective is closer to, um, to to her perspective, right? I mean, one example is her biographer. He's this uh, he's this mm -hmm. um, uh, historian that I met actually um, at at one of, well, at one of his talks, and and I, I find that I don't necessarily think that he can understand her perspective in a visceral on a visceral level. Mm -hmm. So he just there was something he didn't get. Yeah, yeah. Can, I mean, can you talk, maybe that would be useful. What do you think he, he didn't get, or what, uh, and also what are the kind of the, the themes that uh, you resonated with with Anna Mae Wong? Just to well, spell that out a little bit. Well, I mean, even, even in the beginning of his book, I remember, I just remember the first sentence said something like, I first encountered the mystique oh. of Anna Mae Wong at this point bookshop window in London, you know, so instantly, like, right from the beginning of that book. Yeah, exactly. So I, um, 
so you know if if I were writing a biography of her mystique is not necessarily a word that I would you know use because again it's positionality right to a white man you know maybe there's something that there's a mystique sure maybe he's just like writing how he felt but you know for me it's like that's not mystical to me that's literally my identity right personal yeah yeah um so so uh so you know the uh, themes of racism being misseen being miscast uh you, you talk about uh, some of that but uh uh, uh, not getting roles uh, uh -huh. that uh, she wanted, or uh, as you mentioned last night, last night, like not not ever being able to kiss the lead um, in her films, uh, for example, always dying. Yeah. Um, so this tragic uh, mm -hmm. heroine. Uh, uh, so um, so that that's all that's all from her life and from her mm -hmm. from her acting. Mm -hmm. um, but in a brilliant leap, you you really embody Anna May Wong in your poems. Uh, uh, and of course, not her actual life, as you said, but but kind of the essence of her psyche and her yeah. striving, yeah. Um, as she and her inner life mm -hmm. uh, might be or have been in various settings, mm -hmm. uh, using a time machine yeah. uh, to make uh, uh, cameos in problematic films like Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm -hmm. Sixteen Candles, Kill Bill, uh, Romeo Must Die, um, and Into the Future, where she's a heroine uh, breaking up the brawl and saving everyone which I thought was a great line. Um, uh, can you talk about making that imaginative leap and how much is you uh, versus your uh, kind of your, your, your kind of imagining of Anna Mae Wong and her kind of uh, figuring in fig, uh, embodying her in a certain way? Mm -hmm. and, and, and yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think with all personal poems, it's, it's me, you know, it's me and it, it's her too, but it's mostly me. Um, I think I think somebody said that in a workshop once when uh, when I was workshopping these poems. Um, he said that this is anime one, but it's it's also Sally Wen Mao, the, the speaker. And I'm like, well, I can't deny that. So um, yeah, it, a lot of it is getting to the essence of kind of an emotion um, of of feeling this non-belonging that is very pervasive and um, uh, pervasive throughout mm -hmm. one's life that you can't really escape from. So you have to find a way to make room for it in, in mm -hmm. this strange way, this, alien, this alienation. Um, it's a super powerful word for Asian Americans in particular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so the films are one, way you know like like to kind of to kind of literalize that non-belonging right like 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 to to not even be able to perform for a role that's meant to be of, of your skin right um and that's and that's some of the things that she had to face in her life um the i think the most the first thing i found out about her was not what she was in, but what she was not in, right? So she was not in The Good Earth, which was one of the first films that depicted Chinese people in you know, a positive light. Um, 
it was all yellow face. Yeah, yeah. So they, I think, I think she was being considered for the role, and they ended up turning her down for um, this other Eastern European actress, and put her in yellow face. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there, there's something about that erasure that that speaks to this deeper feeling of unbelonging, right? Um, that 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 casts that in a completely literal way. Mm -hmm. well, you don't even belong in the story, even uh -huh. though it's about your people. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, and, and so tell me a little bit more about that, uh, you said digging down into the essence. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what was it like to dig down into that essence and you know, what did you discover, I guess, uh, in, in that essence and taking on the, the life force and the mask of Anna Mae Wong? other Asian American, Asian and Asian American women. It's just this feeling of, um, I think, uh, I think she, I think she is a very complicated and complex uh, figure, right? Um, I think, she, I think she spoke very frankly about her frustrations, um, but at the same time, you, you still, she, she was still this huge star. Um, I think she was very lonely too. I mean, she never married, and she never, um, she never um, had children. So I think I think that was something that she struggled with as well. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that's something that a lot of uh, Asian Americans, particularly women, uh, might struggle with too. It's that that pressure to conform to this. Um, picture of perfection and, 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 and like I think belonging also not only has to do with like this kind of bel collective belonging um, but also in terms of you know like community and family but also also kind of personally right like Anna Mae Wong never um, I think I, I think she struggled a lot with her um, her personal life um, she wanted, I think at, at some point she was saying that she wanted to marry a Chinese man, um, but they didn't like her because of her profession or because she was very, you know, she, she was very, she, she had a very westernized kind of lifestyle, um, this kind of decadent flapper lifestyle. And, and she said that, you know, Chinese men just want a wife who will, you know, cook for them or whatever but this is something that she said and wow. and I think um, I think that that's something that she had to struggle with um, like the, the loneliness of, of her life and I think that that is not just particular to her I think I think that's like a pervasive like feeling well uh, the, the book is not only about anime Wong, but you uh, include uh, really two centuries of Asian American women, uh, starting with Afong Moy, yes. who I didn't know about actually, and so so I learned a lot from your your book and your writing about her, uh, and you know, did a little bit of research uh, online uh, about her as well. So so that was great. But um, uh, starting with Afong Moy, and then uh, Anna Wong, of course. Uh, there's another actress I didn't know about, Luan Liu. Yes. Uh, who I was just astounded to hear about her yeah. life and her, the end of her life. And she yeah. committed suicide. 
yeah. there were other women as well. And, and um, so actually a couple of other women who committed suicide, uh, Doll Kim uh, and uh, um, uh, the Instagrammer, uh, yeah. I don't know her name, but yeah, yeah I mean, so, um, so uh, you know, so, and uh, um, I guess, uh, um, and then you end your book with this, uh, with the, the second to last poem, about Solange, about a woman of color kind of being in the spotlight and mm -hmm. really kind of taking on the center of attention, but watching her and uh, I guess also wondering about the, the quality of being seen. Uh, so, uh -huh. so, um, so what do you think you uh, kind of uh, uh, learned? And also the final poem in your book, which I thought was really wonderful, called Resurrection, mm -hmm. uh, about encountering uh, Anna Mae Wong's picture on subway posters. Uh, yes. I guess this was a Museum of China uh, Chinese Americans exhibit uh, that was being well, portrayed. Or, well, actually, uh, it was uh, the New York Historical Society. Oh. Uh, that exhibition was um, was about kind of Chinese Americans in general, but they used her face, you know, in the in the advertisements. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So encountering her face, had you already been doing research about her, or yeah, was, okay, yeah, definitely. So, so, so this was. I knew her face very yeah. intimately at that point, but I think it was what spurred that poem was this feeling that, you know, she's a huge celebrity, like someone whose face I'm very familiar with, mm -hmm. but all the other people who, you know, frequent the subway, you know, all the millions of people who pass by that picture might not recognize Did her. Did they name her on the... Well, that's the thing. I think they named her, but it was like a very small. The, the the writing was very small and like barely discernible. The only thing, the only really you know big letters that you see is like Chinese American mm -hmm. um, exclusion inclusion, right? So 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 the only letters, the the only words you see are Chinese American, and then you see her face. Um, and, and that was really powerful for me because, like, I recognized her, but who else recognizes her, you know? Um, unless you know her, unless you've researched her, or uh, unless you, you know, are a film studies major, I don't know, but like, it's like, personal it's, yeah, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it, it felt to me so strange, right? Um, because if you put a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio, everyone, you know, who walks in that subway station is going to recognize him, right? That that's the nature of celebrity, right? Uh, but when you put her picture there, it's it's like this time capsule. Like you know, maybe in the nineteen twenties or thirties, people are going to recognize that. But you know, like the unrecognition or the feeling that I got that like people didn't recognize her. That was um, what kind of spurred that moment. That, yeah. Yeah. That was a lovely line you, you had. You had this feeling that now you could never be a stranger mm -hmm. here, uh, as you write about. So that quality of belonging kind of came yeah. to life because she was there. Yeah, I mean, the like, because I could recognize her, even though maybe she like she can't recognize me, but there right. is a moment of recognition, right? right? And and that that is rare. That is rare, right? Um, like with Afal Moy. Um, and all these other women that I wrote about, um, you know, they, like, Afa Moy didn't have m many archives. Um, she, 
so so she contrasted anime Wong in that like anime Wong, I was able to find first person, you know, um, uh, first person like accounts from anime Wong, mm -hmm. um, and and direct quotes, mm -hmm. things like that. So she had she was a celebrity. She had a you know she had a public um, persona, and also you know she was a great writer. But FM Moy was all just um, secondhand accounts. Yeah, secondhand accounts, but particularly secondhand accounts from white people who were paying to see her, right? So, um, so the so I really wanted to write something from her perspective, mm -hmm. which you know, I mean, I'm sure they looked just as absurd to her as she did to them, right? right? Um, and also, it comes with, out so beautifully in your, in your poem. Yeah, yeah, and I, with with the other with the other figures, um, I think I think it's all kind of like in this atmosphere for me. It's like it's like the psyche of the Asian American woman is not very. It's it's not very. I guess it's not very well known, right? Like I I feel like the. Um, the, the I, I feel like the that word again to return to that word mystique is kind of the default right like oh it's mystical it's inscrutable we can never know right but but the the fact is I think like Asian American women have very high rates of like depression um, suicide yeah and suicide so like you know like this is this is it's it's something that's real and I want to treat it that way, right? Yeah, well maybe, uh, actually we'll jump to that question, is uh, you talk a lot about distortion. Um, so uh -huh. uh, I guess how, uh, you know, how do you notice distortion in your own life and what role do you think that has uh, in mental health? Like distortion? Distortion of, of being seen. Oh yes. Being perceived by others. I mean, what happens is that you start to internalize it, right? That that's what happens, and it's it's awful. It's it's so fucking bad, right? Like 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 to be treated a certain way. Like like when when you are seen as like a passive object, you will be treated a certain way, right? And to be treated that way, to be treated as disposable. What does that do to your sense of self-worth? What does that do to your, you know, like overall well-being, right? Like that that story about um, the, the the story Madame Butterfly, for example, that that gets recycled over and over again into Miss Saigon, this like hit Broadway musical that that just played in New York City in 2017. Like you know, you know that same story gets repeated and repeated and recycled and the story is that this asian woman gets pregnant by this white man and then one and then he goes back to his country finds a, a white woman to marry and have children with comes back and then she she sees that he has a family already so there's no place for her so she kills herself right so like what does that story being like one of the most popular stories of all time, like what does that say, like and, and, and being written by some white dude, like 
and, and, and being who can give you life and yeah, value. Yeah, yeah, being being written by a white dude, being enjoyed by mostly white audiences. Um, what what does that say to the the subject, the the Asian American woman? Like, what does that say? Like, no, I I'm I'm basically you know I'm worthless without without recognition from from white patriarchy basically right so i just oh man i i was you know you just get tired at, at some point and, and and you realize you can you don't have to take that you don't have to you don't have to believe that or you don't have to internalize it right but but it, it, that's like such a long journey to to realizing you, you don't have to internalize the awful things that are projected onto you, right? Well, that's uh, I think a perfect encapsulation of your uh, of your some of your motive uh, for writing this book. Uh, to go back to Elizabeth McCracken's yeah. question, yeah. Uh, right? Uh, what are you taking aim at uh, this mm -hmm. this uh, patriarchy? And I love Jennifer Chang's uh, words last night, uh, where she where she said you were kind of creating a, uh, a matrilineage, a yes, yes. matrilineage. Yes, uh, And so so I love that. Um, um, uh, so, um, so just to switch topics a little bit, uh, to talk about social media. Yeah. So I wrote a book about this, but I learned from you as well. I hadn't heard about the Instagrammer mm -hmm. uh, who committed suicide in Shanghai, and I hadn't, I didn't know Dal Kim's name, and, huh. and, and social media had a lot to do with her life as well. Yes. And so, um, so what what particular significance do you think social media has for Asian American women, and how do you relate to it? Well, yeah, I think it's not just Asian American women. I feel like it, it just has such a huge influence. Actually, when I was, um, I, I wrote, the, 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 the Dal Kim poem was kind of a very early poem. And, um, you know, I had been looking at her blog. I had been, like, going to her blog and reading her blog. And then suddenly she, like... She sounds like a brilliant person. Yeah, I mean, her blog was actually really beautiful and poetic like every post started with like say hi to this say hi to that and it talked about like some of her struggles being a model right and then there's that kind of double layer of like you're performing yourself um on a social media platform but you're also performing on the runway you're performing like like you're you're wearing these clothes right um for 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 other people to kind of consume and I think I think that's what like social media has become right like you're kind of manipulating a self um, and 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 you're kind of packaging and performing a self on onto onto these platforms like Instagram um, and I think I think that in, in particular because of the dearth of Hollywood images or, or kind of mainstream media, I think a lot of Asian American women might turn to like social media, right? Or, or Asian Americans in general, I think, have, have been more successful on, on platforms like YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that got me thinking a little bit more and also uh, about, about how performance like you you start to become you, you start to become your own kind of curator right um, where maybe that power was not given to someone 
um, like Afamoy, right? She had literally no power. She, she was like, people just paid to look at her, mm -hmm. right? People paid to look at her, and she didn't really say much. She was never really quoted. And then, like a century later, we have Anna Mae Wong, where she did have some power over how her image, um, how like the image that she projected. She could make certain choices and decisions um, that that impacted how people perceived her. She could write, you know, a column for a newspaper, and you know, and 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 that. Like she had a little bit more agency there, but she ultimately couldn't control, you know, the kinds of roles um, that she had to play until much later in her career when she was more established, right? So, but now, like the next century, we we have the twenty first century, and and now more Asian Americans are turning to social media to kind of curate a self, but then. At the same time, there's a limitation to that agency too, right? So, you might have you might have like a like an Instagram account, and you might have followers, but you can never really know, you know, um, you, you can never really know how how you you seem to other people, right? And that kind of I think anxiety is so pervasive so pervasive and, and it's so much a part of our psyches and it, it drives a lot of like depressive yeah. thoughts yeah. right yeah. um so uh yeah i mean so in that sense it's it's uh it's empowering mm -hmm. uh but it's there there are dangers there and how do you relate to social media well you, i mean i know you're on twitter a lot uh yeah you know, you're there and that's that's great uh, mm -hmm. you have a great thread on uh, uh, anime wong uh -huh. uh, um yeah yeah, well, I, I I do have social media accounts. I I think yeah, I think there is this kind of desire to reach out to the world more, right? But oh, I I found that increasingly my my social media accounts have more to do with my like poet self, which is I think I feel like it's a, like a very it's it's a different self maybe than like who. I am. I'm not going to. I, I'm not one of those people who will talk about really personal things on Twitter. Um, but I, 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 I know those people too, and I admire them. Right. You know, um, and I, I also think that Instagram can. Like I, I've had friends tell me that Instagram is so depressing because every time they scroll through their feeds, you know, everybody is like getting married or on a vacation. Or you know, living some kind of glamorous or you're life. Staring at a computer screen in well, your pajamas. Well, well, yeah, well, you're <laughs> so, doing nothing. Right, well, right. well, you can't pay your rent. Right, you know right, that kind of right, thing. Right. So, I think it, I think it does like that. That like feeling. I don't. It's not necessarily like FOMO, but that feeling of social it, comparison. Like like yeah, that inadequacy. I think yeah. flourishes on on a platform like Instagram. So, it's something I can, I I. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you know how 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 well can I fool them is the thing, right? Like how can I how well can I fool them into believing that my life is X Y Z, right? So. Well, uh, I think your your poems uh, you talk about social media being empowering, but I, I I mean it sounds like writing these poems yourself and expressing yourself was empowering to you. Yeah. Well, I, well. I I don't know if social media is that empowering, okay. but. Um, express, express. But but I I do think that you have a little bit 
more agency in how you curate, right? Like like you you pick your angles, right? right? Not somebody else. Right. Not like right. you know you 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 pick when you're going to post something, right? Um, well, with poetry, I think is a uh, I think uh, like I I've always written. I've always been writing, and I think it's almost like second nature to me at this point. I um, I I don't really. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've been writing poetry for much longer than, for example, like I've had, like Instagram existed, right? So, sure. right, right. So, um, so I think poetry is like a, a space for kind of like maybe a more authentic self, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, um, uh, and, and uh, I think your poems were uh, felt very authentic to me, and, mm -hmm. and certainly reading them felt enlarging and enriching and empowering to me as well. Um, but now, here, here you are, you're getting quite a good uh, bit of attention for this uh, wonderful book, uh, well-deserved attention. So maybe what does it feel like to be in the Oculus, of uh, uh, the Oculus Poetica uh, of, of the culture at this moment? Um, well, I, honestly, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really, you know, like I, 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 I get a little bit more like Twitter mentions, mm -hmm. like, you know, Instagram mentions, which is great, but I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm famous or anything, okay. you know, like I'm not, um, I, I, I'm very, I'm really very grateful that people are paying attention to the book. I, um, that's something that I haven't quite experienced to this extent before. I, I like that that other people are reading it and writing about it and paying such close attention to it. And I, I find that to be the biggest um like the the, 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 the the biggest pleasure for me is is just to just to see how people have read it and related to it. You know, like um just at City Lights yesterday, you know, like young women are coming up to me and saying that, you know, this is the book that they wish they wrote, or, or this is like, like they've never been able to like relate to a poetry book so much. And, and that to me is like the most important thing. Um, it, it, it's just to, to have that, to, to know that it's, it's um, resonating and, and, um, and allowing um, like young people, young women, to to feel more connected to to the world, and you know, and, and, and to and to realize that you know whatever they're feeling, it's it's not just them; it's pervasive, right? So, and uh, maybe they'll uh, feel like they're not a stranger, yeah, because of because of your your writing about these issues. So I think that's important, and, and I'd say. There are many poetic moments, uh, several poetic moments I can remember that uh, people are moved to tears or really uh, felt uh, uh, deeply uh, uh, changed by the experience. So I think your, your book certainly fit for me along in that continuum, so, so uh, thank you so much. But I first read about your book uh, because of Dan Chason's uh, review yes, in The New Yorker. Yes. Uh, it was it was a really great review, and I learned so much from it. Uh, and I'm not here to chasten Chason <laughs> in any way, um, but uh, he wonderfully focused on your poems, yeah. artistry and craft, and some of the meanings. Um, but in some key ways, 
that review, although it's probably the most prominent review of your book that, that I've seen, uh, it kind of missed the whole point for me, too. I don't know if you, you know, kind of got that, too, because uh, I don't know if it was conscious or unconscious um, uh, or an editorial decision, but he never mentioned the words Asian or Asian American. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, or the sense of female of color identity caught up by violent imperialistic patriarchal assumptions. He didn't really yeah. mention that at all, and that was basically mostly his uh, review of uh, Jenny Shu's book oh, I yes, Level last yeah. year as well. It was very yeah. about the craft and, yeah. and some okay. of the meanings. Um, yeah. um, so. Uh, you know, other other reviewers, uh, Rachel Carroll of the LA Review of Books, really got those themes. Madeline yeah. Wattenberg of The yeah. Bind, several podcast interviewers, really yeah. uh, by Asian American interviewers, really got those themes and honed yeah. in on the, what I thought was the core of the book. Really. Yeah. Um, uh, and were you? I don't know if you were at all perplexed by that uh, choice or omission in the New Yorker. Um, okay. uh, and, and and perhaps it's I don't know, maybe it's really dangerous of me. To, uh, to kind of ask for a specific kind of validation um, uh, by the oculus of an institution uh, like that. Um, but should we be you know, calling that out? Or I don't know if you, did you notice that? Or, uh, I, I did notice, yeah. I mean, I, but, but I guess what I noticed in particular is that it seems like people got a lot of different, like a whole host of different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, different readers got different reading it and I think that is pretty much like how what what the poets experience is I feel I feel like in a way more so than maybe novelists um, um, poets find that reactions and interpretations vary greatly right and um, and I think I think they're like I, I I definitely wanted this book to be a lot more political, a, a politically driven and um, and obvious, mm -hmm. obviously political, um, and and I think that yeah actually like I mentioned before like most of the reviews like I I found that most of them really really got it right um and as as for the omission i i you know like i don't i don't i don't fault the person for for not including something if, if you know like it, it could have been it could have been a part of it but you know who knows um i i i did really like his review i thought that he got a lot of it correct and 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 maybe even by kind of omitting um that he he's really trying to get at the fact that the this poetry collection would resonate with you know anybody who's on social media right and and that to me is also important right um it's not like i i definitely wrote this book for Asian American women, but you know, I, I I also think a lot of those feelings and experiences, like 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 most people have experienced, or or most people have felt, right? Like the that that anxiety of social media, like that's not just security. Yeah, it's it's not just something that I experience as you know in, in this part of my identity, right? So 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 I. I do want it to be kind of an oculus that 
that that looks up to um, to to like this larger the, the sky, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the Oculus mm -hmm. is like something that you can see through, and, and it is a particular it is a particular um, you know perspective, right? Um, and and it, it frames the Oculus as a window, so it frames this sky, but it, it's still you know the, there, there's still a sky beyond it, right? So um, I guess that's how I see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think uh, you know, uh, uh, I really, I, I, I appreciated that review as well. But um, I also wondered, you know, is there, uh, why wouldn't uh, the the life and aspirations of Asian American identity, Asian American female identity, be interesting to a broad audience? I mean, exactly. You know, yeah. So yeah. why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. Why, why you know? not? So yeah. It must have been an editorial decision, I assume. But I just wonder about that uh, yeah. at some level. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with what you yeah. said. I I think that I think uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I was thinking in terms of like that whole like malaise of the literary world, which is like relatability, right? Um, it's like I, I think that often a lot of uh, you know, readers will say, "Oh, this book is so relatable," and and then but but then you're like, "What what do you mean relatable?" Right? Like what? Like what, whose perspective? What, what about it is? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe that was relatable to people who generally have read New Yorker, yeah, New Yorker yeah. in the past. But that's yeah. changing too. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So, um, what advice would you have for someone uh, uh -huh. considering poetry now uh, to be a poet, an Asian American poet, mm -hmm. uh, in twenty nineteen? Advice. Um, Gosh, sometimes I have a hard time with that because it, I, I feel like poetry is almost second nature. Again, like I, I think I said that before. Um, but yeah, you. I think I think to harness your intuitive side is important when 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 writing poetry um, and to not not to get too caught up in the optics, right? Not to get too caught up in the Oculus and also. Um, like how people see you or like like don't become too obsessed with that because that that is like a whole other side of poetry like the business side it's like oh like what prizes have I won that kind of thing like just stick stick with you know stick with this um path that you've carved for yourself you know like like I I I, I would just like the, the advice I would give is is to kind of I don't want to say like stay true, but something along those lines, right? Like just um, just to you know keep experimenting and keep the wonder alive and don't get too like uh, jaded from you know the the circus the carnival it's kind of exists outside of you. I think at the end of the day, poetry is supposed to come from this internal interior space that, that is sacred, you know. Mm. Yeah. Well said, well said. So I think you certainly touched that, uh, that uh, sacred uh, uh, space uh, to, uh, to for, for, for all of us, for any reader. Uh, and, and as you know, uh, the Oculus is only a portal, yeah. um, and the eye is only a sense organ. Yes, um, yes. 
uh, but we really see with our visual cortex mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and other neural structures that, yeah. that, that create uh, and inform our vision. So, uh, so just thank you again mm -hmm. for reshaping our cultural cortex and maybe allowing us to see the sky beyond our narrow perceptions. Um, and hopefully work like yours can help us see each other and ourselves more clearly uh, with all our human potential and difficulty. So, thank so you. Thank you so much. Thank and, uh, you so much. Best wishes. Yeah, this is a great conversation. So thank you.